Welcome to Witch Love, a podcast founded by women, produced by women, about women in technology. There is a huge place for women in tech, and this podcast is going to get well into the work as a leading contributor to help change the trajectory and see the rise of women in technology. Sit back and enjoy as our young female hosts share energy with experienced professional women in technology. Great moment. Welcome to Wit Love, a podcast about women in technology. There is a huge place for women in tech, and this podcast is going to get well into the work as a leading contributor to help change the trajectory and see the rise of women in tech. I'm your host for today's episode, which also happens to be the inaugural episode. I get the pleasure of interviewing my personal mentor and founder of Whitlove Podcast, Nikechi Noafar Robinson. Nikechi, I'm so excited to have you today. And for those of you who do not know Nikechi as an amazing, inspiring leader in technology and women in STEM that she is. Um, well, to introduce you to her, Nikechi is an award-winning leader and technology professional with more than 25, yes, 25 years in the IT space. And she has held um, a variety of leadership roles, including um, the Associate Vice President for Technology Solutions at TD, and where she's currently serving as the Vice President of Technology Operations and services at Export Development Canada. Wow, but that's not all. Um, aside from obviously leading and um, being a trailblazer as a woman in STEM, she's also an entrepreneur, author, professional bodybuilder, podcast host, and inspirational speaker. Wow. So I'm super, super excited to have Unikechi joining um, um, joining for this inaugural episode and so that we can talk about all things women in STEM and, and also just because you've been such an amazing role model and inspiration to me as a mentor so I'm super excited to have you. Thank you. I feel like that's the longest I've ever not spoken. <laughs> just kidding. So first of all I know you announced yourself as as the host but who are you? Like can you introduce yourself to the world? Yeah of course. Well um Hi everyone, I'm Alicia, I'm 16 years old, and I met Nikechi two years ago, and um, ever since two years ago, I've really been on a mission to leverage technology for good. I've been working on leveraging AI to detect um, suicidal ideation. It's one of a project that's so meaningful to me because um, I'm, I'm a huge supporter and believer in the young people's mental health. I also serve as a UNICEF Youth Ambassador and also serve on the uh, Global AI Council for the World economic forum and I'm really just passionate about advocacy when it comes to tech for tech for good and you know being a um, hopefully uh, aspiring woman in STEM leader as well. Not hopefully you are oh my gosh this is what, she hasn't even told you like half her bio most recently she was actually awarded as well uh, WXN um, most powerful um, woman in Canada top 100 for the work that she's actually doing in in STEM and technology so you are you are a trailblazer and you're already leading people and you're inspiring people like myself along the way and so really excited to share the space for you. And if I could, just before you ask me what you, what my first question is going to be, I just, uh, just for anyone that's listening, a large part of Wit Love was actually like this whole concept of Wit Love was born from this, this relationship that I've had with Alicia, because when she reached out to me, you would have been 14, 
because I went here in 16 last year. And it was just a really random reach out on LinkedIn. And uh, she said that she wanted to connect with me and talk a little bit more about the work that she's doing and that she'd seen me on LinkedIn and want to see if, you know, she can get some insights and some wisdom from me from my experience. And ever since then, we've, we've had a relationship. I've met her parents. I've been to her sweet 16. I've had the chance of seeing her being awarded um, top 100 of, um, by WXN and, uh, and just really inspired by, by the work that you do. So everyone that's listening, you need to check her out because she does a newsletter. And that is a newsletter that will keep you inspired for days uh, to come when you read about all the work that she's doing. So thank you so much for agreeing to be a host, Alicia. Thank you so much. That means the absolute world to me. And honestly, I don't consider you nothing less than family. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. Um, So I would love to get started and kind of talk about, we know that you've had um, amazing roles in when it comes to technology and leadership roles in that sense, but kind of just to introduce so the audience gets a bit more familiar. And I'd personally love to learn a bit more about your journey, how you got there. And was this something, you know, when you were my age, 15 years old, were you like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a woman in STEM. Was it like that? Or was it more of something that, you know, it just it just grew upon as, as you went through your journey? So yeah, I'd love to learn more. Well, I love that. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, so how did I start? I don't even know if it's like, if it's traditional or, but my dad was, it actually have to go back to like my youth, right? My dad was, uh, was an engineer. My mom was in psychology. And I say that where I am now at uh, the ripe young age of 50, I'm a, I'm a great mix of both of my parents, right? Um, for the, the stuff and the work that I do now. And uh, so with my parents being like Nigerian, um, as much as they want to leave education to my brother and I to figure it out, we really had no, we had to choose between being a lawyer, a doctor, uh, you know, an engineer, <laughs> uh, and I ended up choosing uh, math and computer science. And so, you know, very, very young, um, I, I remember, um, wanting to, pro- wanting to play with my brother. And my brother wasn't about dolls. And so he had a computer. And so I, you know, my dad got, got, we, I had a computer as well. And so like I used to uh, program computer games, especially like on an Atari or Commodore 64. Right. And, uh, and then I also played piano, which is probably aligned with my math brain. And, uh, and it just so happened, like I, I got into just interest for computers at a really young age. And, and then I went to university and I did applied mathematics and, and I did a minor in comp sci. And when I came out of university, I had the opportunity to, to start working pretty early in my career as a business a systems analyst. Um, but working as an individual contributor wasn't a really, really long time. I think people saw me what I didn't see in myself at the time. And that was that I was a a natural born leader. And so I got into leadership roles pretty, pretty at an early age. And so I had this opportunity to start leading infrastructure professionals and I've never looked back. It's, um, it's the space where I thrive the most is helping to empower others and to bring out the best of them and the work that they do and the professions that they want to hold and the careers that they want to drive. And, and I've had, you know, just this great career. Um, I've worked in a number of different industries. I've done, um, uh, merchandising, you know, working at Hudson Bay and uh, retail, sorry, working at Hudson Bay and Zellers. I've worked in telecommunications at Rogers. I've done the financial industry. I'd started at Fidelity Investments and then eventually I was at TD Bank. And I've also done a stint at IBM, right? So I've always worked in really big 
big corporations. Um, and EDC, where I am now, Export Development Canada, is actually the smallest company I've worked in, but I have a really large role. So I say I'm a, I'm a small fish in a big, in a, a big fish in a small pond, and uh, so it feels massive to me still, you know. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the, my trajectory to where I've gone myself to today. That sounds that sounds incredible, and I'm sure that path of yours wasn't always linear. So, um, I mean, I'd love to hear more because, like, um, has there have like have you faced any adversity while trying to pursue a role in technology? You know, being have there been any experiences of you being the only woman in the room in the workspace? And how has that kind of like, you know, how has that kind of like shaped your path in a way? Hmm. So, if I so one of the things I would say. Um, just full, fully transparent. I think I was oblivious to being the only woman, right? Um, growing up black, <laughs> I recognized that I was the only black person in, in most of the spaces that I occupied, especially like through school and into corporate. And so that was really the, and I don't want to call it like the battle, but that was the, that was the, that's what I needed to navigate. That's what I needed to learn how to navigate. Um, and so my challenge, and then also coupled with that, there was also the cultural, a cultural aspect of being African, Nigerian specifically, and some of the dynamics to come with that, like being seen, not heard, you know, respect your elders. And so here I am, this young, aspiring, budding career professional, um, youngest at the table, a director, and I'm leading older people and like be seen, not heard and respect your elders doesn't really make for a great, strong leader. And so it was learning how to like break those chains, those cultural chains while still, you know, respecting the, the values of it, you know? And, um, so that was the toughest thing because I had to find my voice. I had to find it really, really early. Um, and then I, and then, you know, I never really realized that it was, a a male dominating, like a, like it was a male dominated field. Um, but I, again, like I said, I never really saw that I was the only woman in the room. And, and a lot of times it's, it was mostly about being black. And, uh, and I know that that had its own, met its own challenges, right? Working mostly with, you know, in white, in white cultures. And, and so there was a lot of like adversity that I faced that way. You know, people reporting me to like the president because I, you know, I remember one time I worked at Rogers um, and I had a, I bought a house. My husband and I bought our new house and it had a satellite dish that was already on the house. Okay. Like we just never took it down. And somebody reported that to the, <laughs> through the unbudsman, like the, like, to the president of Rogers Communications to say that she's working at Rogers and has a satellite dish on her house. Like they were trying to find any way and mechanism to like bring me down. But one of the things I learned really earlier on is when you have a strong network, that network will protect you. Like that network protects you in some way. Like, especially if you cultivate it and you nurture it and you show up to it and you lean in and, and not only are you leveraging sort of the network, but you're also contributing to it in a very powerful way. And I found that my networks always supported me every step of the way. So it wasn't until I got to IBM and I remember being invited to speak at an event and um, it was just like a really small event. And I was asked this question about what it was like to be a woman in technology. And that was really the first time I had to take a pause, similar to what I, you know, the question you asked me today, take a pause. And I was like, wow, 
I never even, I never even made that a, a, a barrier in my journey, you know? And so I said, I made that conscious decision then that I was never going to make it become an additional barrier. I was literally going to recognize it as a challenge and an opportunity to be able to position myself and use my platform to help solve the cause of, of there being a disparate um, number of women in technology. And so ever since then, I've, I've lent my voice to the cause. I've, I've, uh, I've, um, I've not separated myself from the cause, but I've positioned myself in a way that I'm able to use my experiences uh, to be able to help make it better. And this is what this podcast is all about, to be quite honest, is, is that continued journey to want to help make it better and not have women like yourself have to go to what I get through to be able to lead at the highest level of an expression of who you are, right? I love that. And I think like you touched on some really great points and especially like you know, if we make it a barrier that we are a woman, oh, in this industry, then it will become one. So I don't think it should be something that that we hold ourselves to set us back because it isn't. But I think like I think like you're a great example of showing resilience in that area. And I remember you always telling me something as well, like resilience is not it's not made. It's not something you're born with, but it's something you build. So I think I think just more of a general question I have for you is how do we or how do young people like myself or how do people in general really become resilient individuals to overcome mm -hmm. adversity, whether that be about them being a woman or just, you know, challenges in general? Mm. You know, um, it takes me back to a session that we had, and I believe I um, I bought you this box set, yeah, superpower box set. And sorry, it makes me almost emotional to think about it because I I always wish I had this when I was growing up, you know. And um, mm -hmm. and I did that, and my whole my biggest thing was because I saw your I saw your innate talent. You are naturally gifted to want to help and serve in this world, and you have an abundance of value. Um, to be able to present at any table that you occupy. I tr trust me, like wh whether you're 14, 16, you know, one day you're going to be, you know, um, sitting in the same kind of seat I am at 50. Yes, girl, you're going to be 50 one day. Just know. But I think um, through it all, what I want you to know is that the person, the person of you is the most, most value um, in any of those spaces that you occupy. And that's why it's so important for you to lock into your identity. And I, I gave you those cards as a way to start to get you accustomed to saying who you are, right? And what you stand for and to know exactly who you are. Because when you know who you are, nothing, nothing in this world can tell you otherwise. And, you know, to any young person, um, I think it's making a decision that you're gonna run a race and it's gonna be your race. And you're not going to compare it to the person that's running it on the left of you or the right of you in front of you or behind you, but you're going to stay focused on your race because that's the value that you bring to the world. And then it's also not losing sight every single day that you are valuable, that you bring value and that you matter. Um, and then figuring out what are the tactics, what are the habits, what are the, you know, what are the books that you can read, what are the quotes you're going to give near you, what are the, you know, the, 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 the network that you're going to surround yourself that's going to continue to help you continue to grow, you know, and never really losing sight of that. And I think for me, you know, you asked me to speak at your, at your sweet 16 <laughs> and it was probably one of the greatest gifts I've ever given, been given in my life, right. To, to, I didn't know up until then that I had that amount of impact in your life. And I think for me, it was just 
is it's that I want to build a great bridge for you to be able to continue to walk across and bring up people, bring up others, you know, behind you and then meet, meet up with others in front of you and just continue to grow and um, be a bridge to this world. So, you know, that's, that's what it, you know, to you, I say it to anyone that's listening to this, any young person is really get to know who you are and then the rest you'll be guided. And I think that like that advice of yours also just lives on with me all the time. And I think, you know, when I think about like my generation and us as young people, like a part of it that's so hard is that we're always so hard on ourselves. And, you know, growing up, you don't really know who you are. It's so hard to figure out your identity when you're in different groups of people, different environments. And I think a lot of it stems from like the compassion, the compassion that you have for yourself, the love that you bring to yourself. That I really think those those cards that you gave me like kind of helped me to help me to find. So, I mean, I mean, I like to ask you, like, how do how do we show the same amount of compassion that we show to others, but we show that to ourselves? Like, how do we show that mm. same compassion? So I, I love that you asked me that. And I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn this to you. That's okay. Right. So you and your sister um, <laughs> came, founded Hope Sisters, correct? Yeah. Right. And that's a massive community giver, right? That's a massive gl- global giver as far as I'm concerned, right? When people lock into what the cause is. Yeah. How has that given back to you as a human being? Mm. Wow. Well, I mean, that's a good question. And honestly, like, I think for me, when I started it, um, when I started with my sister, Hope Sisters, we started off just by writing cards to seniors. So overnight, we wrote like around a thousand cards and kind of we had the impression that, you know, giving cards, it would kind of just, you know, bring some sort of joy to a senior, a senior's face. But I guess what we kind of didn't realize is that that the joy that it brought onto us as well. And I think like, that's kind of, I know, I feel like I kind of know what you're like, what you're coming at because, because we, because we were giving, I think that that same amount of happiness that the receiver or someone we gave to had, it kind of just, it shined onto us as well. So I feel like, there is just so much beauty in giving because giving to someone else, it's like indirectly in a way gives to you as well. And like, I think from there, I've honestly been so happy and grateful for the life that I do have. And yeah. And that's very beautiful. And that's, and that's the reason I asked it because I think when you, when you keep yourself positioned in the seat of service. And so, you know, I have another question for you because I'm making this a two-way street right now because I really want the world to know more about you. When you when you sit in the seat of service, it comes back to you tenfold. And so how about yourself? Because I noticed that, you know, when you're talking about, when you start to explain a little bit about who you are and the focus of the work that you're doing with, you know, mental health and how to be able to use AI to to track, you know, um, you know suicide on online, you know, what what was that? What was that compelling well, first of all, what like what made you interested in tech? How did you even come across knowing that AI can do this, and why was that your cause? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's a that's a good story to get into because for me, I think a lot of a lot of those moments where I'm so like um, excited or like or just or just have the need or desire to want to work or build on something is really just when I see it happening or some some somewhere in my life. So, for instance. Um, how I got really interested in the idea of, you know, working on the area and focusing on mental health, but specifically suicidal ideation is I actually lost a classmate of mine to suicide Mm. um, in, in middle school. And 
you know, that was obviously a very difficult time for me, but he specifically suicided 13 minutes after tweeting about it online. And so that for me was was kind of the story where I I realized that I had to I had to act. If no one else was, then it had to be it had to be me. I couldn't wait on corporations or governments, but if I wanted to make a difference, it had to be me. And so that experience for me was was kind of where I realized that maybe technology could be a solution and kind of mm. just picking out ways and and figuring out ways that I could make an impact with the resources I had available. So I think for me, like kind of really why I get into purposeful initiatives or projects is just because I, I, I just don't want that same experience that one person had. And I feel like I can, I have the power to change that for the world. Wow. You are, okay, if anyone isn't inspired, if anyone doesn't recognize the power of wit love and uh, and being able to use this podcast to build a bridge, that, that, my, that everybody, every amazing human that's listening is the sole reason uh, why I believe that this podcast matters. It's uh, to create a lot more people following in, in Alicia's footsteps. So well done. Mm-hmm. Well, well done. thank you so much, Nikechi. Honestly, I don't think I could ever be where I am or where I'm about to be with without your leadership, your love, your like you're just being a role model to me. So I think and I and I hope everyone has someone like you in their life because I know if if they have that, honestly, they can go to so many places. I love it. I love it. And thank you so much, Alicia. Thank you for being a host. I'm so excited uh, to to hear your next episode. Um, So for anyone that's listening, um, because I am the founder of this, I'm going to sign us out um, with one last um, big message. And Alicia, that is, you know, I will say this to you. Life is going to continue to throw some tough balls your way, right? But know this. There's not one that you'll not be able to conquer, 100%. So stay on that path, run your own race, and just continue to become the greatest self that you can, okay? And know that you're already making a difference in this world. Thank you. Okay, and to everyone that's listening, this is where we say we're out. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. So there you have it. We trust that you enjoyed this episode and are looking forward to the next month. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Until then, thank you for listening. With love.